Preachers Podcast, featuring three preachers talking about life, church, and of course, the Word of God. And now, welcome to the Free Preachers Podcast. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. We are back for another episode. Yes, I am David. To my right is Chris Grandpa Jones. And to my left is... You got got grandkids? He's getting And to my left is Devin, the black bag under my eyes, says I have a newborn baby. Uh, do, I black out, do, I, do I black out? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I'm I've ordered some cream for you. It's a ticket to clear it right up. For you. It's a ticket to clear it right up. Pre- oh. I don't know if you put, I don't know if you put. We really need a woman's touch on this podcast. We need to know this. Do you put the cream on your retina or is it? Un- injections. You need collagen cream. <coughs> I look forward to looking old. Okay, I've looked like I'll a trade baby. with you. Hey, it's it's not like a trade, trade now. <laughs> yeah, y'all both. You can go on. <laughs> Let's say if I age like y'all, I don't want to get old. Yeah. But if <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, way to go for the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> well, because we recorded last week's podcast two weeks ago, because. Yeah. That seems like forever. There has been a lot that has happened with some people sitting at this table. Devin, oh my goodness. So did we record that on a Thursday? We recorded on Thursday, and you were were going on vacation. I was going on vacation, and you had this whole thing about, I hope we're going to be relaxed when we get back from vacation. How did the next 24 hours turn out for you? Well, the next, like, two hours (laughs) were, like, we're already, because I think I packed my bags maybe before... I can't do the podcast or something like that. Anyway, I mean, it was, we got there and Kaylee started showing some some weird signs and, you know, she said, hey, I don't feel right about this. I said, well, you know, we're supposed to leave right now, but why don't you call and if they want you to come in, let's just go in. Let's ease our minds so we can go on vacation and feel comfortable about everything. So me, her, and Olive go to the doctor's office. and She goes back there by herself because it's kind of hard having Olive back there. And uh, she comes out, you know, seven minutes later in a wheelchair. They're rolling her out. <laughs> and she looks at me and kind of nods. And I look at her and just nod. And <laughs> we just know that, like, go time. it's, it's go, go time. time. Yeah. So, no vacation. Yeah, we went right into it. And he was born the next morning at about 10 o'clock. 10 4, actually. If I could go back and find that clip of what you said, you hope. You hope would be. <laughs> yeah, that would be part. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how was vacation? Um, oh, it was sweet tan. Ooh. I've been playing in the beach and the swimming pool. Wearing your flip-flops. Wearing my flippy floppies. Mm. On a boat. Nah, we don't have a boat. I was going to say, wait, what? Um, yeah. Hopefully that's what I'll be thinking. That goes, that's why you don't make plans, right? Mm, yes. You just never know what's going to happen. Well, and you were tired that day. Yeah, I was tired that day, ready for vacation. And then we went into, he was born at uh, 33 weeks and two days. So he's, he's, a, he's it'll be 35 weeks. Uh, or I guess he was yesterday, it was 35 weeks. Um, 
But yeah, he'll be two weeks old tomorrow. And hopefully we'll come home by this time next week. Hopefully. Everything's looking really good. That'd be great. Gaining weight. I think they're going to take his NG tube out tomorrow. And uh, he's coming down on his heat. So that's like the last thing is just temperature. He's got a head full of dark hair. Yeah. It's covered. Dark. And he's he's got those like baby... You know, the dark blue eyes. Like, Olive had dark blue eyes when she was born. Now they're brown. So, they'll probably go brown. He'll probably look just like Kaylee. He's definitely got Kaylee's hair color. Yeah, definitely. So, we'll see. Yeah, it's exciting. I don't know if y'all can top that. No. No, there's no answer today. No. That's it. (laughs) That's all. That's really... I mean, the only thing that's happened in my house in the last week is... uh, A driver. Yeah. That's a big deal. You've got a driver. Maybe it's a a new driver. That's a huge transition for parents. I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'd rather have that or a new baby. Like, it's what I was watching. I was following her behind behind her last night coming home from church, and I was just like, I don't understand how this happened. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. She also doesn't know how to give gas, so. Wait till they move. She just rolls like 20. Like, to give the car gas. Oh, yeah, yeah. She rolls really, really slow. That's good. Cautious. Cautious Wait till they move off and they're moving off. Like, they're not going to college, but moving off to live on their own. I don't know. I feel like there's one that could top it. Today is a very special day. Today is quite special. It's it's actually almost a national holiday. Yeah. It's Chris's birthday today. I heard. Didn't we we have a caller? Chris, we have a very special message from a very special person for you. And (laughs) and so I hope you feel very (laughs) special by this. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Great birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Former Just President of the United States. Happy birthday, isn't it? Thank you, Thank you President. I thought I singing for you, Chris. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Is this, is this pre, pre or post mud shot? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice birthday. What does that even mean? <laughs> nice birthday ever. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah. His birthday is going to be the greatest. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yes. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, man. I appreciate that I'm very glad much. you get to uh, spend part of it with us. This is a good day. It's a good day. I always enjoy this. Well, yeah. if, you, if you couldn't tell by our intro music, we changed it this week uh, just for one week only. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, what? Can wait. I do the tie-in? You, yeah, you go ahead, yeah. Well, just like Chris is nearing the end of his time, <laughs> today one step closer. we'll be talking about end times. Oh. Yes. Very very, it really makes me feel good. Yes, very Not nice. that I was having a midlife crisis or anything. <laughs> when I pull up tomorrow in a sports car and... <laughs> <laughs> have my hair dyed, y'all. Midlife a little crisis? concerned. Aren't no, it's like, not midlife. Oh, are you 50? Yeah. 52, 51? Three quarters you? life crisis. Are you 51 today? 51. 51. You think it would be 102? No, we'll say three quarters of the way crisis. How about that? Cool. Yeah. I didn't have the midlife crisis, so I can go in and have a three quarters crisis. Uh-oh. Maybe it's just like welling up, you know what I mean? How many creatures out, do you man? think actually live to be 100 years old? None. He's <laughs> very quick. None. Very Not a fun. single one. I think that if you look at the average lifespan for an American and those in ministry, I'm sure there'd be a little bit of difference. About 47? Is that what? Oh, yeah, probably so. <laughs> already, I'm ancient. You're already past your uh, 
Are you past your, your due date? Is that what we're looking for here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm well past my age expectancy. I'm living on, on, on house money right now. So, end times. It seems to be, well, I would say it seems to be a, a hot topic now, but it just always seems to be a hot topic. It always rears its head every few years, depending on what the Mayans predicted oh, yeah. a bajillion years ago or, or what some lunatic on YouTube <laughs> is now saying about uh, end times and sign of the times. But we thought it'd be good to kind of take a podcast and, and talk about what what will the end times kind of look like. Uh, are there actually signs of the end times? Uh, can you give us a date today, Chris? We would like a date when this is going to... Okay, I want everybody, I want to pull over in your car <laughs> and get ready for this one. We don't know. <laughs> what? We don't know. I think the Bible actually warns against that. Yeah, well, you think so? I think Jesus said something about that. What do we know about end times, though? We do know a little bit. We we do know there'll be a second coming. That's promised. If you go all the way back to Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven, and the angel tells him, you know, why are you guys looking up into the sky? He'll return just as you saw him leave. As he ascended, he'll return. I think the exact words is, he will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So right there we know he is coming back. And there's promises of his return. So we know that. You know, that there are certain markers. So there's physical death for us. But if we live to see the second coming of Christ, there's going to be certain things I think we could expect to see, like certain parts. Guys, I'm sorry. All that's here with us today. That's she's awesome. got issues with her boogers. And oh, she's oh. just, we're dealing with a lot of boogers. Hey, that's all good. Right now, so. I, I would like to get Olive's take on end times. She Olive, think? what do you think about Jesus coming back? Nothing. That was about as she actually spoke more wisdom right there than some of these other <laughs> yeah, dogs here out there. A lot of preachers could learn from all of today. <laughs> some of the stuff you see, you hear out there, but would would y'all want to just talk about what the Bible today? Talk about what the Bible says about the end times? What we know for sure? What that progression might look like? Like what authentically? What does the Bible say? I, I think actually? we need to first. Yeah, we need to first talk about what does what does the Bible say about what it looks like? Kind of lay the groundwork and then work our way from there. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Well, there's certain, like, there's, we do know that Christ is returning again, but what's the progression of Christ's return? So what do you guys think about? What are some things, are there things that have to happen before Christ returns? And once Christ returns, what's that going to look like? What does scripture tell us? That's a good question. Yes. Well, and so I guess I I hope I'm not going too far off, um, but like I think people often are looking for like signs like looking for signs of the times and what those what those could mean and I think that's I think we've already maybe already hinted towards that but that's like a dangerous way of thinking about Jesus' return always looking for signs of the time and cause like I guess what I've been thinking about is the only time that Jesus mentions signs of the time it's not even in reference to like future events it's, it's in Matthew 16, and he's talking to his disciples, and it's talking about like past and present events. Like, right. hey, you you haven't even been able to discern what's going on around you right now, and and so Jesus doesn't really use like this whole signs of the times because you get into all of that discourse and in, there's a mix of things he's talking about, and he seems to be really concerned. Maybe more times than we actually give him credit for, he's more concerned with. Um, the destruction of Jerusalem, and while he does talk about the future, he's talking more about 
um, events that are closer at hand. Um, so then, so if I get away from just thinking about all these like big, spectacular things that I think are going to happen before Jesus comes, uh, I guess I tend to not think about those things. I think of things more like First uh, Thessalonians four, where Paul's kind of given this whole clouds will open up and the trumpets will sound and dead will rise and Jesus will return, you know. We will meet Jesus, really, is the, the Greek term there. Meet him, receive Jesus down to earth. Yeah. So I guess that's what I think about. <clears throat> I think there's some things that help us. Like there's some words Jesus uses that has some currency in their day and time that will tell us a little bit about when he comes. So when he returns and restores all things. I do think if we get this right, it'll help us live our everyday lives. Like, what, what are we looking forward to, and why does it matter? Mm-hmm. And when you look at like Matthew 19, starting in 27 through 29, Peter says, we've left everything for you. Like, we're following you, and, and what, what are we going to have? Like, we've given all this up. What's coming for us? And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, he uses a word here in Greek, palagentia. And that world word carried some freight, so I'll come back to what that means. But truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. And, and palagentia means regeneration, new birth, and it usually came through fire. And that was how the Greeks understood, like this restoration of all things through this fiery event. So Jesus uses this word for the end of times, like you are going to receive this reward when all things are made new. And you'll, you'll hear that theme throughout. Like in the book of Acts, when the time of, of restoration comes, uh, times of refreshing. In the book of Acts, you hear this phrase, God has set a day. He has set a day. There's a day coming. And we sing that song, there's a great day coming by and by. So there's a day set in the future when this palingentia is going to happen, when God's going to make all things new. And when he appears, there's also... So there's this idea, when you think of the second coming, there's a set day. There's also the language of return. But there's also this word appearing. So appearing is a word, like Christ is going to all of a sudden appear. So you kind of think of, in my mind, I think of the second coming may be like, you know, extra dimensional. Like God's dimension is there. The spiritual realm, we can't see it. But on that day, that barrier between our dimension and God's dimension will dissolve and we'll see Christ in his glory with his angels and he'll appear, literally. There he is. He's not going to be like a spaceman coming from Saturn. You know, we'll always see Jesus coming on the radar. You know, it's just going to be bam, he's there. We can see him as he is and it's going to be glorious. There's one parable, though, that tells us a little bit about the second coming and the progression. Do y'all mind if I read it? Is that okay? We can talk about it. I guess Do we allow scripture on the podcast. I don't know. That seems good. <laughs> what about, can we read Jesus? Yes. Okay? We'll, okay, All right. We'll allow that. Let's let's do this. The parable of the wheat and the tares. A lot of people don't think end times when they hear this parable, but he's actually telling us something really important that actually goes back to Devin's already alluded to the Olivet discourse of Matthew twenty-four that kind of helps interpret that. So this will give you kind of a nugget of knowledge today. So in Matthew 13, Jesus gives this parable. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? 
He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? He said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, so that's important, gather the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So you think, what in the world is he talking about? And that's the first question I would ask. Jesus, what does this mean? Well, Jesus obliges in this parable and gives a very detailed explanation. So if there's any mystery. So he said, you know, the, the crowds leave, the disciples come to him and say, okay, explain this to us. So here's his explanation in verse 37. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil ones. I think of Satan here. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. So this would be like end of time. So reapers are angels. So angels are going to be involved in the second coming. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace, in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So in the explanation, here's the progression. So on that last day, who's going to be gathered up first will be the evil ones. The angels will come and gather up those who are evil. We'll have what's called the great white throne judgment. You'll find this in Revelation and other places where we will stand before God's throne. I think it's Matthew 25. You have the sheep and the goats being separated. So the evil will be gathered up first. And then those who are in Christ will be in glory. Now, do y'all mind if I take this and apply this to Matthew 24? Because this is the passage people get confused about with the rapture. They think Matthew 24 is talking about the rapture. Do y'all mind if we take that and apply it to? Yeah, we'll allow it. Okay. Allow it. All right. This is good. Like it's two for two, y'all. It's my birthday. It's <laughs> having a hard That's time. The only reason saying no, like yeah, on his birthday, we can't tell him. He's like making no sense, and everybody's turning us off. But anyway. Oh, nobody. They stop listening about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's our <laughs> listeners drop off when I start talking. Like, okay, he's talking. Turn it off. Matthew 24. Okay, this passage is very famous when it comes to rapture theory. And when you hear it, you're going to think rapture. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. That goes back to your first question. No one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So I find it ludicrous that preachers think they know more than Jesus. Okay, so not even the Son knows. But as but as were the days of Noah. So this is where it's really important. The days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. In other words, the world was rocking along like it always has. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Okay, who got swept away in the flood? Was it good or evil? Bad people get swept away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Right now we start thinking rapture, right? Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day our Lord is coming. So in those movies, like with Nicolas Cage and, you know, Kirk Cameron, people like disappear and their clothes are left behind. And they think, okay, that's what Matthew's talking about. If you look at it very carefully, it matches up with Matthew 13. So it's like the days of Noah. The flood came and swept them all away. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Who is taken first? It's the evil. Evil. And so that matches up with what the wheat and the tares. The angels come and gather up the evil first. 
So does that kind of demystify that passage a little bit? Does that help you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. It, you know, speaking of Kirk Cameron and them, they really might not like that because that's a big part of their, uh, you know, storyline is. I think the whole movie shot at that point. People. Yeah. I think Kirk Cameron gave up that method of interpretation. I'm pretty sure. I think he's no, no longer. I don't think he's a premillennialist anymore. Wow. I, I actually think he's a post-millennialist, believe it or not. That's, That's a for jump. a whole other podcast. I'm struggling with the fact that you combined Kirk Cameron and Nicolas Cage's movies. There were two different movies. <laughs> yeah. There were two different we movies. We have violated the, the canon of Left Behind movies. Yeah. <laughs> we have violated well, and, it. And honestly, you know, I was, I was big into the Left Behind stuff. I read all the books. Like, great story. Like, yeah. it was a cool story. It's fascinating. Uh, back in you my... You read the books? Yeah. I know. I, I used to read at some point. Well, you just said if there's a movie, you're not going to read a well, book. But I read the books before the movies came out. Uh, the okay. books actually were entertaining. Yeah, the book. I mean, they're a good story. It was great, you know, fiction. But I mean, I bought, I bought, I bought wholeheartedly into it. Watched a couple of the movies. Eh, they were not good. But it was that Matthew 24 when passage when it just when he said even the Son of Man doesn't know. And I went, wait a minute. This whole thing is built on. The signs of you got the uh, the Antichrist and the raising, and you've got the first three and a half years of peace, and you've got the tribulation, and you got. And I'm like, so you can time it to know when Jesus comes back, but there's something wrong with this, yeah. And and that's really what that's kind what of, I think confuses everybody. Yeah, that's what just kind of un like got a group of people me. saying, oh yeah, this is exactly what happens. And they reach, yeah, that's. And now it's. I mean, I was when I was in Texas. I had a parent who wanted me to do a series on Revelation and talk about the signs of the end of the times. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a real quick. There are none. I can do a real quick study on Revelation. God wins. That's it. Yeah. Study Revelation, and here's the sign of the times. If Jesus doesn't know, neither do I. But what do? You, why do you think? What do you think the obsession with it is? Like, why is there always this? It seems to rear its head every few years. Honestly, it rears its head about the time we vote a president. Just gonna <laughs> throw that out there at you. There was a apocalyptic. I'll just say in 2008, there was a particular person running for president, and I had a family member who was literally in tears because they were convinced that was the Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah, I've heard heard both parties' candidates. I've heard it for both Democrats and Republicans. Oh yeah, that their candidate was the Antichrist. Oh, 2020, the Antichrist was running. So you know, never. But. there is some validity. So when you get into this idea of the Antichrist and you get into the idea of certain things that will happen, like trends that may happen, but you can't really pinpoint it, the Bible does give some pointers. Like it's a, it's like a signpost into a fog. So if you, if you think Revelation 20, if you interpret Revelation 20 like I do, that the binding of Satan is the victory of the gospel, and then there is this loosing of Satan and I know post-millennialists would, would disagree with what I'm about to say, and I, I totally respect their position. Um, but if, if, if Satan is released for a short period of time to wreak havoc, then it would seem that there would be some type of, I don't know, attack upon Christianity that would be a concerted attack upon the Christian faith. You get an idea of the Antichrist. It's, Paul, Paul talks about the men of lawlessness, and it's not the Antichrist. The men of... He doesn't use Antichrist, but some people are trying to conflate that idea of the man of lawlessness with the Antichrist. And we might could talk more about that more next week and say, okay, how does that fit into, how do we interpret that, what Paul's saying? And how does that align with maybe premillennialism, what you hear out there, and especially in the South? A lot of people believe in what's called rapture theory. Uh, you know, pre-tribulation rapture is very popular in the South. We could dialogue about that and talk about what that actually is, but... 
I do think what's going to happen is Christ will return. Some would throw in, okay, this is some stuff you could take Paul and say, well, there's going to be a massive conversion of Jews. I, I am not talking about premillennialism right now. I'm just talking about what the Bible says. There'll be a conversion of the Jews. I didn't mean that. Ugly. That sounded <laughs> yeah, terrible. That's <laughs> okay, if you're a premillennialist out there, I did not mean that as disrespect. I was just not careful with my words. But anyway, and there are levels of premillennialism that I have a lot more respect for than others. But that's for another conversation. But could there be like a mass conversion of the Jews? Could there be some concerted falling away of, of Christians into false doctrine? Could there be an attack upon the church? That's all plausible. Um, the Bible doesn't give great detail what that looks like. But some believe that the church is going to continue to advance and eventually the world will become Christianized through the gospel. So I'm way off subject. No, our simple up. our simple question was what actually is going to happen. <laughs> it's, somehow I got off. In it's hard it, for me. It's hard not to get into the different views when you're talking about stuff like that. So no fault. There's one passage that kind of gives us the whole outline. First um, Thessalonians four. You want to? Let me just read it. Sure. This might be helpful for people as they're thinking. Okay, what does the Bible say? So Paul's talking to people that are uninformed. He says. Don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. So there's people that have died. And the question is natural for them to say, hey, my Uncle Billy Bob died. Is he going to miss out? Like, if you're not alive when, the resur- or when Christ returns, will you miss out? And that's a legitimate question for new Christians that don't have the New Testament. They don't have all the information we have. So these people at Thessalonica really question, okay, if my loved one's already died, are they going to miss out on the blessings of the palagentia, the second coming, the restoration of all things? So... What about those that have fallen asleep? That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So in the second coming, Christ will bring with him those that have died. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left, until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So there's this idea that the disembodied spirits will receive their resurrected body this time. Those of us who are still alive when the Lord returns, which will be accompanied with the shout of an archangel. That, that will be interesting what that would sound like. And then this trumpet blast. So angels, once again, involved in this. Um, we're going to receive our new bodies. So we'll somehow be transformed into this new resurrected body. First Corinthians 15 gives some detail what that body's going to be like. So disembodied people, you know, your death is not the end of it all. There's still something to come. When you die, you're disembodied. You're a spirit. We're not Casper the Friendly Ghost Christians. We believe in the resurrection. We're not Platonists. So in the second coming, you get your new body. And the people that are left here... When, the, when Christ returns, get their new body at that moment. I hope that made some sense. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Well, then you just solved everything. What was it? That was simple. <laughs> I I think, uh, I hate whether we keep coming to podcasts and we say we don't know. <laughs> but I think this one's okay because we're in good company. Because Jesus says what? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> so we... I don't think there's any signs. I think there is 
I don't know why we're obsessed with it. I don't know if it's to try to figure out how much time we have. You know, it's like when my kids text me when, when we're not home and they're at home by themselves and they say, hey, um, how much longer before y'all get home? Is it one of those things where they're trying to see how much time they have left to get done the chores we gave them <laughs> before we, we tell them to wash the dishes before we get home or by the time we get home and they're trying to time it? Is it, or are we obsessed with it because we want to know? Is it we obsessed because we, we want to control it? Uh, or do we just want to know what's coming? Uh, I think the, the bigger issue here is that we do not need to be so focused on when the world's going to come to an end and be more focused on how we're living every day. Uh, I don't ever think about it in times. It's just not that big of a deal to me because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. There's no sense thinking about it. I need to worry about, you know, Thursday. I need to worry, and then when I wake up tomorrow, I need to worry about Friday. And if Jesus comes back, hey, that's awesome. And if not, then I'll worry about Saturday. Yeah. Um, I think a bigger thing for me that I really want to just mention is if you're getting all your eschatology from social media and TikTok, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Get it from the Three Preachers podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is this technically social media? I don't know if it is or not. I heard someone talk about that, and they said it's not social media until it's posted. So what we're doing right now is not social media. Well, we're, but once I post it... It does become social media. Oh, so if I just don't post this, then yeah. it's possible. But then We could send it to people individually. <laughs> Send out mass text. Mass text message. But I mean, seriously, there's so much. Like on TikTok, the sign of the times, the end of times coming. Yeah. It's like, I don't think people realize. Particular family member that, that that's what they send me. Hey, what what is what do you think about this? What, and it's, you know, you want to just answer them. It's hard just to be like, hey, stop doing this. But I really, you do want to say, hey, this is just the worst place to go. You are realizing that they're. Monetizing. They're monetizing and they're trying to do like these kind of catchy graphics and catchy questions to kind of. Because that, that's their job. They're making money off of no, you. No, no. It's not to inform you, it's to make money. Disclaimer we don't make a dime off the Three Preachers podcast. Well, I don't. Do you guys? No. Well, I thought about monetizing it without telling you all. <laughs> yeah. I've actually been doing a lot of uh, merch. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I didn't uh, let you in on that. I do, got, got yeah. <laughs> I do have an idea for a shirt. I do have an idea for a shirt, but I don't think anybody will buy it. So what is it? Uh, I want to do the you know the uh, Queen album when they do like the silhouette. They're looking up. Oh, I want to do our silhouette, but it's three preachers podcast. I would love that shirt. Uh, <laughs> Why haven't we? I just is that a copyright thing? No, too close no, not if I do it right. Oh, I had all kinds of ideas. I thought we'd go on the road like with a like a road show. How many preachers in concert? Oh, like Rick and Bubba kind of thing. I was thinking like we'd do cover, like like a cover album. That'd be our. I'm we're just, singing. Yeah, we we go into or covering other people's podcasts. <laughs> well, either either way, I mean. But I was thinking we could have our own album. You know, I enjoy Rick Richard and Bubba. Sing. I'm pretty sure we could replace Rick and Bubba. I'm just saying we could be. I the mean, new. they've they're not the same. No, no, we they're not. To, we don't need to get on that though. No, no, they're not. Well, I think. Um, I know Dev and I talked about one thing for next week, but I think, Chris, since you mentioned something, maybe next week we'll do one more. What if we talk about the, the post-millennialism, pre-millennialism, all the millennialisms, um, and maybe a little bit of the Antichrist stuff? Just get some of those definitions, because some people may not even know what you're talking about when you say pre-post-millennialism. What does that mean? Um, and how does that tie into um, beliefs on the end of times? Yeah. Um, so we, we can do that next week. Yep. That would be a good one. And then do, uh, well, you know it's going to be a great one. Chris gets really excited about it. 
No, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, that'd be another He's already one. got notes. Put you asleep while you're driving home. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put disclaimers at the beginning of the podcast. Do not listen to this while operating heavy machinery. <laughs> After the intro, intro, they turn it off. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Again, if you have any questions, direct those to Chris Jones at... dot <laughs> <laughs> com. We have a website now? I don't know. That's, That's where he's selling his merch. Olive, you got any closing words for us? Wow, you've just been so quiet. That's rarely happens. She's a sweet baby. You sure you don't want to say anything on the podcast? Tell I mean, we already you hear are. you every how week at the beginning. Say, love y'all. Do you like baby brother? Oh, she said yes on that one. She's but shaking she, a nod. She yeah, she's nodding her head. All right, Devin, say it for her then. Well, we pray that you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbors in genuine and sincere ways. Peace and love. <laughs>